Welcome to another episode of The Crime Hour. Today's case takes place in Bali, Indonesia. I'm sure we were asked, what do you think of Indonesia? Most of us would think of the vacation spots, the food and culture. Indonesia is known for being the largest island country with 17,000 islands, Bali being one of them. Bali is known for having some of the best beaches in the world. So what could happen in the Southeast Asian country? Let me tell you about one of the youngest infamous criminals held in one of the world's most notorious prisons called Kiribokan. Heather Mack, who is the daughter of James Mack, a jazz musician, and Sheila Von Weismack, a socialite, was 19 in 2014, and at the time lived in a sh- Chicago in a half-million-dollar house with her mother. She had a very privileged upbringing. When Heather was 10, her father, James, had, was diagnosed with colon cancer and passed away in Greece on a family vacation. From there, things went downhill. Heather starts to act out, and within the decade of her dad's death, it gets worse, becoming violent with her mother, Sheila, and by the time she was in middle school, she was defiant, rebellious, not listening to any rules, and skipping school. She starts hanging out with a rougher crowd and stealing large sums of money from Sheila. Sheila starts to tell her friend Elliot that she is being physically abused by Heather, and according to Elliot, she had a very bad temper. The little things would set her off. Within a 10-year period, the police were called to the residence over 80 times for domestic violence. Sheila's sister, Debbie, would tell reporters in an interview that Heather would hit Sheila until there were bruises and even bite her, but Sheila never pressed charges. After all, it was her own kid. I just want to say, if your child is being like that from, like, a young age, and, like, as a parent, you didn't really enforce it, because, I mean, if she was able to physically abuse you, um, I don't know, I think, like, it just tells me that you need to set some boundaries, um, yeah, if it gets this bad, and, like, there are 80, like, domestic phone calls to the police like and even if the police didn't do anything about it because you didn't want to press charges and at that time your child was a full-on adult um I would have kicked that child out and been like okay bye Debbie would constantly tell Heather listen you need to be nicer to your mom listen to her when she talks to you but to Heather that meant nothing of course it meant nothing Because at this point, she has control. Her mother is scared of her. Sheila would email Elliot um, things like, Heather was very violent and left. Very scary for me, and I'm always worried about her. I realized even more after the appointment with the psych facility that she's very disturbed and very, very sick. When you live that way, the way that I have for Heather for so many years, it becomes your new normal. The intake team told me that they wanted to put her in a psychiatric hospital, like, right then and there. But she wouldn't comply. I'm really scared of what she might do next. See, if you're bringing your child to go get checked out, and they're telling you right there that she needs to be in a mental hospital, and even if she didn't comply, again, she is your child, you are the parent, you should have a say, not just, oh, well, she didn't want to go, like, no, force it, 
Like, clearly she needs help. If you're telling your friend this and you're saying that she's very disturbed and even they're telling her, like, she needs to go, like, now, then clearly she needs to get help. Later, Sheila decides to go on vacation with Heather to Bali, Indonesia, as a mother-daughter trip to start fresh in their relationship. The two check into the St. Regis, Bali's upscale beach resort in Nusa Dua, where the rooms go for $1,000 a night. Holy crap. $1,000 a night? Man, you must have that kind of money. Unfortunately, that did not go as planned, just when Sheila thought this was it. To go on vacation on the other side of the world and get Heather away from all these people that she hangs out with that were bad influence in her life. But Heather had other plans that included her boyfriend, Tommy Schaefer. Now, Tommy grew up in a single-parent household. He had a tight group of friends from middle school leading up to high school. But as time went on, his group of friends started to distance themselves from him due to having a habit of telling stories and he was over-exaggerating them, and some of them weren't even true. Sheila has also expressed to Elliot that she hated Tommy, thought that he was one of the people in Heather's life that was a bad influence. So one night, Heather sneaks out of the resort room, and when Sheila goes to the front desk to ask about her whereabouts, the receptionist informs her that a man named Tommy Schaefer had checked into the resort under her credit card, and that his entire trip was funded with that card. At this point, Sheila is livid. Yeah, I think I would be too if, you know, some guy that you don't even like is dating your daughter and she's, and like, under your credit card, he's staying at this resort, you know, and it's a thousand dollars a night. And if his whole trip is funded with that credit card, that probably meant like, not just like the time there that they were going to spend imagine every night thousand dollars but like probably food too because i'm sure they have to eat something just 10 hours after landing in bali the resort security footage caught tommy entering sheila's room with something shoved under his shirt an hour goes by and heather and tommy are seen leaving the room heading towards the lobby with a silver suitcase which they then place in the back of a taxi before running off. That is so suspicious. Like, what? Where did you guys go that the taxi driver was not able to, you know, get your attention? Or, like, how fast were you guys running? Anyways. The taxi driver then thought this was really suspicious, and he didn't know what to do with the suitcase, so he takes it to the police station, and that's where they find out what was really inside the bloodied half-naked body of sheila she had been beat repeatedly before asphyxiated on her own blood now less than a day goes by and the media gets a hold of the story and refers to the couple as a young bonnie and clyde young american fugitives wanted for a brutal murder but their time on the run ends at a budget hotel when the hotel staff becomes suspicious when the couple checked in with no luggages, so they called the police. When they arrived, they realized that they were less than a mile away from the initial crime scene. 
While in custody, Heather and Tommy told a different story of what actually happened. They tell police that an armed gang had abducted all of them, and the gang then killed Sheila. I'm sorry, if an armed gang abducted all of you, but killed Sheila, like, why did they kill her? And how come you two are free? Doesn't make any sense. When police start the investigation, they find cell phones containing information of the crime, which led them right to the murder plans. While going through the phone, text messages obtained indicated that Tommy didn't go to Bali for a vacation. The messages Tommy was texting his cousin, Robert Bibbs, six months before, before the murder, and he tells his cousin that him and Heather had planned to murder Sheila. Now, before I continue, um, I will be reading a lot of messages and like other things that were said from Tommy and Heather. So don't come at me. Um, these are just their words and I'm just saying it as is. Also, some of them doesn't make sense. So no, it's not just me not being able to pronounce or, you know, understand. In Tommy's words, so that bitch Heather is crazy. She asked me to do something really insane. She asked me to find someone to kill her mother for 50k. Now as time goes on, there were text messages sent back and forth weeks up to days before the murder. Tommy and Robert had a discussion of smothering Sheila with a pillow or drowning her in the ocean and making it look like an accident. Then when Tommy lands in Bali, there were text messages between him and Heather to map out how the murder was going to play out. What was their story if they were caught? That night, they continued a text while Sheila heads back to the resort room. Now initially, the plan was that Heather would just kill her mother herself. So these were the text messages sent between them, starting with Tommy. Try your best. Can you whack her in the head with a big-ass pole? But can you? Yeah, just come in the hallway. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous. Don't do it. Gee, you have to come in. Okay, here I come. And that's when Tommy brings a glass fruit bowl with a metal handle and shoves it under his shirt to the room. So that was what was shoved in his shirt when they caught him on camera. It is believed that he came into the room and hid in the bathroom while Heather waited for the right moment at this time. They were still texting. Plan? She's so awake. I gotta hit her. Can't we just suffocate her together? Is that thing even hard enough? What if she doesn't KO? Let me just creep up and do it. Then we can tell people that she was drunk and slipped and fell. They then try to cover up the murder by stuffing her body into a suitcase and wrapping duct tape around it and putting it in a taxi before running off. Now, by the state of Chicago, they were ordered this death sentence. But because they were in Indonesia when the crime happened, a panel of Indonesian judges saw them guilty for murder, but sentenced Heather to 10 years in prison and Tommy 18 years. Heather is then seen crying and feeling sorry for what she did, but many states and even countries around the world are not buying it. 
I want to know how it goes from a death sentence to only 10 to 18 years. Like, what? That's, that's a big gap. And, like, yeah, obviously no state or, like, country is going to buy your, your tears of remorse. Because, in evidence, you guys planned it. So what was the motivation? According to Elliot, Heather just wanted money. She didn't want to work. She wanted to continue living how she was, having money and everything she ever had. But is money more important than life? Specifically her own mother's? Now, it's been known that Heather was living it up in, pri- in this prison. She had access to her phone, social media, and there are videos of her dancing, smoking, and listening to music. She even had a baby in prison and named her Stella, and she was able to raise her up until she was two years old before being given away to a friend to care for. Heather has also adapted to the Indonesian ways of culture in prison. She now understands the language and how to act in Indonesian prisons. So it's said that this is one of the most notorious prisons in the world, but how was she able to have access to social media, her phone, like, smoking and like listening to music and doing whatever she is doing well it's said that when you have money you're able to pay for this type of stuff must be nice she's just living it up now you think that's it no you see heather wanted people to know the truth of what happened in her words So a reporter named Matt flew out to Indonesia to talk to Heather. Now there, he was able to go in and sit and talk to her before being asked to leave. But he got her contact information. So back in his hotel room, Matt was able to call Heather and have a Skype video chat about what exactly happened. So this is Heather's story to Matt, and I will be reading it word for word of how she worded this. I head to Tommy's room telling him I don't know what to do. My mom found out that I was pregnant with your baby and she's not happy about it. She's chasing me around the resort room with a knife and she just went nuts. He tells me he will go talk to her and that he'll be right back. But I started to head back with him. My mom was screaming, you're gonna die, you're gonna die. So I started screaming, Tommy, help me. And that's when Tommy walks over and... My mom grabs him by the neck. It wasn't hard, but he could have fully fought her off because he's a strong man. But I kept screaming. And then Tommy takes a fruit bowl handle and starts smacking her. He continued to smack her. And I made a run to the bathroom saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She was dead. I went mentally insane. I just hugged her and kept hugging her and I wouldn't let go. And Tommy said, we got to run. And I turned to him and I was like, you're nuts. I'm not leaving my mother here. So he said, so what the fuck you want to do? I told him I wanted to bring her. And he asked me how I was going to do that. And I suggested the suitcase. I'm not leaving her here. At that moment, I did not know where Heather Mack went. If this did not tell you 
that she is completely out of her mind crazy, then I don't know. Like, if she herself said she didn't know where Heather Mack went in third person, I think she's crazy. I mean, she went to a psych hospital to get evaluated and they told her she, well, they told her mom that she had to be admitted. Now, a lot of people have asked me what led to this crime, and that is, my mother is an alcoholic. She suffers from multiple personality disorder. She didn't like Heather Mack the way Heather was. My childhood was violent, even before this, even before my dad died. It was just really bad, and when he died, it just got worse. My mother hated that I had my dad's attention. She would say, you're stealing my husband. You're taking his attention from me. She would say hurtful things when getting me from school, and I would just cry. And when I came home, I would tell my dad. He would then hit her, and she would hit back. And when I saw him being hit around by her, I started hitting her back, and it became this pattern. This wasn't the first time she lashed out, because I was pregnant before, too. And she would chase me around the house with a kitchen knife until 2, 3, 4 in the morning, saying things like, Get the fuck out of that room, slut, before I stab the baby out of your stomach. So, Heather is telling Matt, it's because of this incident that led her to where she is today, where all this anger has come from. I wouldn't go to school because I was taking care of my drunk mother. I feel like it was half premeditated and half not, because... In my head, I didn't think this was actually going to happen. Today, I know where I am. Most of the time, especially at night, I'm crying because I miss my mother. So that was what Heather told Matt. But, like, is it believable? It could have been, but it wouldn't have made sense because if her mom needed help because she had like this disorder wouldn't she have gotten the help if she took Heather to see a psychiatric like to a psychiatric doctor and if her mom needed help wouldn't they tell the mom like hey like we can help you and it also doesn't add up because it's like she's saying that her mom is like, chasing her with a knife till, like, 2, 3, 4 in the morning. But, like, what about all those domestic violence calls? How come over those 80 times nothing was mentioned about it? And if this was actually happening, like, Heather would have been removed from that house because Sheila would have lost custody. Back in Chicago... Matt speaks to Debbie and Bill, who is Sheila's siblings, and they confirm that what Heather said was a lie, that she was very manipulative, and she could manipulate her parents to get her whatever she wanted, and that Sheila never had a drinking or drug problem, and that she didn't have personal personality disorder, and that that whole time on the trip, Sheila already knew Heather was pregnant. She knew three weeks before the trip. Then there was proof that she manipulated Tommy into this murder. 
she tells him, you just gained 11 million dollars. What? A million? 11 million dollars? It's like a dream. You're, it's too good to be true. Which, unfortunately, was not true. Because the truth was that the trust fund only had 1.5 million. Now, Sheila's family is fighting for Heather's inheritance of that fund to go to, towards Stella. I just think this bitch is crazy. Like, she clearly needed the help. And I feel like, yeah, it's really sad what happened to Sheila. And, you know, it must have been so traumatizing, you know, um, for her family to hear what happened what happened on a vacation but like at the same time I also feel like it's Sheila's fault because if like her being the mother she didn't get like she didn't have like her foot down and so because of that Heather was able to walk all over her and also because of that she wasn't able to help Heather or like control what she was doing and I feel like she should have just like let let her be put in that hospital and get the help that she needed instead of saying oh well she didn't comply it's like yeah because you're at that point you're basically giving her a choice you're not being like no this is what you're doing you're just kind of like okay well She's abusing me, and um, I'm very scared. Like, when she's telling her friend, like, oh, I don't know what she's going to do next. I'm so scared. Like, she ran away. Or, you know, they told me that right then and there she should be admitted, but I didn't do that. Yeah, I would be afraid, too, if somebody said that. And, you know, and was like, oh, yeah, but that person didn't go. Like, they weren't admitted. Even though they should have been. Yeah, I, I'd be like scared out of my mind. Because I wouldn't be able to sleep properly. Because I wouldn't know what they would be doing next. Elliot says that he wants to see Heather on trial in the United States. And serve at least 50 years in prison. Without the possibility of parole. And just cleaning toilets. Or making license plates. Or doing shit jobs. Six days a week. This it, for her to feel like she's actually facing consequences for what she's done. Now, it's been said that as a Christmas present, the prison had granted both Heather and Tommy sentence to be reduced by a month. So instead of serving the full 10 years or 18 years, it's, what, nine months and... Or nine years and 11 months. And, you know, whatever it is with Tommy, right? Like, 17 years. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because, like, why are there sentences? Like, why is it getting lower? They murdered somebody. Another thing that baffled my mind when I was, like, researching about this case, there's somebody at that prison 
who smuggled cocaine into the country. But this person is held in that prison and serving a death sentence. Death sentence for cocaine. Yeah, all crimes are bad. Don't do crimes. But death sentence for cocaine. But they're only facing like like months or not really months but like not even the same amount of time for a murder that just I just don't understand but again I guess if you have the money you can pay people and who knows what really happens but This is the case of the Bali murder.